Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, today we're going to continue our series about gifts of the Holy Spirit. And today's particular episode is going to be about piety. Now, piety is one of these things I think that people either have preconceived notions about what it is or have no idea. And there's really not a middle ground on it. So when I think of piety, I think of um, almost reverence. And like I said, I don't know if that's coming from the same or the correct starting spot, but in my head, that's kind of the thought I have as far as as a, a reverence and importance for knowing what the faith is and upholding to it. So with that being said, before I go down the down a route that might be incorrect, I want to let you steer us all correctly and then we'll go from there. Yeah, we use the word piety in a way that's a little bit well, it, it tends to take on a negative connotation in uh, n- normal English language these days. Uh, so when we talk about piety in our Catholic faith, we're intending that from uh, a little more technical perspective. That is to say, it's a word that has a lot of meaning and that goes back a long way in time and is uh, also a theological word. Piety in our normal language is often used as a a kind of dismissal of someone that that is counter to reason. Someone who is just pious uh, is someone who is sort of overly saccharine and uh, has a sort of sweet affection for God that seems out of touch with reality and distinct from things that are more uh, normal in terms of educated people. And it's a, a, a kind of backwards person that just uh, lights a lot of candles and says a lot of prayers. And um, there's, there's a kind of negative connotation to all of that. People are put down as being pious. And that's, that's unfortunate for several reasons. One is that people who are behaving that way are, uh, for one thing, not necessarily, uh, you know, that it can be, can be people who are just as bright, just as educated, just as serious, uh, just as well balanced and uh, you know compelling in their person as anybody else. So there's a, there's a dismissal of of religiosity that is a product of of modernism and the distortions of the modern world. Uh, that's that's unfortunate and should be resisted. So we we shouldn't. Uh, I, I use piety. I use pious as a compliment. Really, somebody who is very pious is uh, I, I hold in high regard. And so um, I can throw around my degrees and credentials and uh, assert that that, uh, that affirmation of somebody who is pious is, is not just because I'm sort of soft headed and simple minded. Um, so I'll just want to push against that up front. Uh, but then to go on to understand, well, what, what does it mean? How do we pull that word apart? I mean, in a simple way, pious means loving. So it's just, uh, it comes from the Latin word uh, pie. Uh, and we, we hear that in uh, pie Jesu, which is uh, part, of, uh, part of Mozart's uh, Requiem, I believe. And uh, that, that beautiful song, which is talking about loving Jesus, our, our, our loving Jesus, um, pie Jesu. And so, 
somebody who's pious is fundamentally loving. It's a, it's a, it's a quality of loving. Now, what kind of, what quality of loving is it? Well, Jesus' dying for us on the cross was not pious. Uh, that was agape. That was a self-sacrificing love that had a quality of strength and finality to it. That's the, the kind of fighting for, uh, for us, for, his, for the children of God. Uh, there's, a, there's an agape love which parents offer for their children that um, brothers offer for each other in war. There's a, an agape love that motivates our, uh, our, our sacrifices, our perseverance in prayer, our perseverance in virtue. Piety is a different kind of love, which is the kind of love and reverence that children have for their parents. Children who love their parents and have an affection, a sweet affection for their parents and have a fundamental gratitude for the gift of life, something that can never be repaid. The fact that our parents, however much they may have failed after conceiving us, after bringing us to birth, the fact is they have given us something that can never be repaid. They have given us life and we cannot give them life. And so there is a, there's a, a disproportion in that, um, in the way that we owe them, that we cannot repay them in a simple form of justice to give them what they are due. We're not capable of that. But the way that we can give them what they are due is through piety, is through loving them, is through uh, that, that affectionate obedience, is through holding them in reverence. And that applies to our parents and in, in some way extends to all authority figures whether it's uh, our teachers or our government leaders or our priests and, and uh, religious authorities, uh, whether it's our coaches and mentors and uh, these, these different people who are in a position of authority over us are giving us something that can't be kind of strictly repaid. And so the way that we approach them is, is what Christian religion and, and it's really uh, more, more fundamental uh, teaching on virtue, you know, Aristotle, probably Aristotle's ethics, he talks about piety in this way. So that's the, that's the form of justice that we owe towards authorities. Uh, our, our parents, first of all, and all of those who kind of share their authority um, by, by extension, and, and certainly God. So strictly speaking, the virtue that we have towards uh, the, the justice that we uh, offer to God is what we call the virtue of religion. Religion is how we repay God, so to speak. We can't actually repay him, obviously. He has given us uh, existence. We can't repay that. We can't give existence back to God. And so we can't actually repay him tit for tat. But uh, we can repay him through our acts of religion. And so the virtue of religion is the fundamental human impulse to be just towards God, to repay God for what he has given us. And uh, I think we talked about that a bit in our, in our virtue series on the virtue of justice. I'm sure I brought that up as one of the forms of justice. But uh, now to bring all of this back to another point, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit fundamentally are the very qualities of Jesus himself as they are uh, placed in us. So uh, how do we act more like Jesus? How do we, uh, you know, how do we, uh, how, uh, 
express or or I want to use the word channel, but channel is often used for uh, sort of non-Christian things. But but really, it's it's how do we allow Jesus's life to come alive in us? That's the best way to say it. How do we allow Jesus's life to come alive in us? Well, that happens through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So when we talk about um, a, a reverence towards God, we talked about fear of the Lord in our last podcast. We can describe that as a reverence towards God, recognizing the the awesome might of God. And, and uh, so even Jesus does that. Jesus recognizes the awesome might of the Father, and, and he uh, has a reverence for that. But then he also has a tender love for that as a son for a father. Jesus is the eternal son. He is eternally begotten of the Father. And he has a reverence, uh, he has a, a, a pious love for the Father. There is an affection, a willingness to, to follow, to trust, um, to hold close in our, our most difficult moments. There's a, there's a religiosity, and, and piety perfects the virtue of religion, that we, that we repay through gratitude and through uh, sacrifice and through acts of uh, obeisance, that we repay in, in you know, the only way we can what God has done for us. And Jesus does that in an ultimate way by giving his life on the cross out of love for the Father, out of obedience to the Father. His self-sacrifice on the cross, his crucifixion, is ultimately the is the ultimate act of piety. And that's why we are entrusted with that same sacrifice which we offer in the Eucharist. We're able to offer the sacrifice of Christ as an act of piety towards the Father. And so now we can kind of fit things together. We see a pious person who really takes the Eucharist seriously and offers that with all of the our hearts as well as our mind and soul and strength and offers that as a loving response to the Father who has given us everything. And so I think I've talked around and hopefully led us into what the that gift of the Holy Spirit is in the in the gift of piety. So a loving response to the Father's love for us, which cannot ultimately be repaid except through the gift of our hearts, we could say. So the the key part of what I took from there is being that obviously I guess this might even be a key part as much as be an underlying prerequisite to what you just said is that God has given so much and there's no way that we can ever repay it. And and the majority of people kind of can't comprehend it because it's such a big debt. If you look at it from a, from that kind of standpoint and the piety is beyond our, just a respect for those who are in power, because ultimately at the end of the day, God is going to be, not doing things wrong he's not on the mortal plane you know he's about what is godly and not trying to worry about getting this that or the other through congress you know he's not he's not doing that he he is the ultimate in terms of stable love and i think that in a lot of ways that's what you're just trying to articulate the importance of piety being is that it's a respect and a desire to be a part of that consistent, stable love. And, you know, as, as we went through it, you, you mentioned some examples there as, as Jesus doing that to it. And you can see them throughout the Bible. It, it, they're mostly articulated, at least from the way that you describe piety and whenever he's going out and praying. 
um, especially whenever he he does prayers right before or right after um, when he's with a big group. So so my thought of it is is whenever he's doing with the loaves and the fishes, he's there. He prays first, giving you know essentially respect and honor to God. And from my understanding is is that's that's what piety is in the context of of our faith and far as the importance of it. And certainly, as we talked before about how the the virtues and the and the the gifts of the Holy Spirit can overlap, you can see how this pretty closely ties into justice and far as giving what is just to God. So when we did the justice series, we discussed about how to enhance that virtue within our lives. We be more just people. And one of those answers was giving the time and the desire back to God that he had given you. I mean, at the end of the day, there's no one, if you want to think of it as a power struggle, there's no one more powerful than God. There's no one forcing him to do anything. This has happened because essentially of his desire. That is why there's existence. That's why we have consciousness and all of this other stuff that goes with it and why we're not in an inanimate chair, for example. You know, this is something that's beyond our control. Nothing we said or did could make it happen. Um, and there's very little we can say or do to make it happen. You know, we can't get rid of the galaxy. You know, no one has, has that ability or anything like that. So with that being said, I'd like to focus on how we can enhance piety in our lives, taking this gift and using it to the best of the ability because it was given to us to make us better. And I'd like to focus on how we, in practical sense, can turn this from something that we were given and actually using it to enhance our lives. Yeah, and just to remind uh, you and our listeners, when we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it's uh, really what we're talking about is a, a capacity. We're not talking about an actual thing. So it's like there's a, there's a, a channel uh, there's a, a tunnel, there's a line, uh, an electrical line, we might say, that's running into us that we call piety. It's one of the ways that the Holy Spirit can work on us, but it's not something that he's doing all the time. The Holy Spirit blows where he wills. So the gift of piety is not so much something that we can choose to use or any of the gifts for the Holy Spirit for that matter. So it's really, these are ways that God acts on us and um, things that we, we recognize. So we predispose ourselves to all the gifts of the Holy Spirit by, by living a virtuous life, by being open to the Lord in prayer, by carrying out the, the works of religion. Uh, you know, if we're, if we're not doing something religious, then we're probably also not going to receive uh, any, well, the gift of piety, I suppose we could say, you know, we're not, we're not going to be susceptible to that movement of the Holy Spirit when it happens. You know, if we sit there with our hearts closed and our minds closed, then we're not going to be receptive to that wind when it blows. If you remember the, the image of the seven sails or the kind of seven electrical wires, if they're not plugged in, then we're certainly not going to receive the electricity that's flowing through them. So we need to plug them in. But just because we plug them in, we're still not going to necessarily receive any electricity until God decides to move that way. So I know all that sounds probably very confusing and mysterious. But the point is, it's it's not 
it's not our choice to use them. So we can't just decide, oh, now I'm going to use the gift of piety. But how do we predispose ourselves? How do we make our hearts available so that God can work in us when he chooses to work in us in the way that he chooses to work in us? Well, again, the fundamental thing is uh, do all of the things you normally do, do uh, in, in terms of your religious practice. I mean, you know, faithfully attending mass, faithfully praying, uh, the rosary, making ourselves available for uh, times of prayer in uh, mental prayer and the Angelus and taking time in front of the Blessed Sacrament. So all those different acts of prayer and also uh, acts of piety, you know, light a candle, look at the image of a saint, celebrate a saint's feast day, um, read the, the liturgical readings and take time in Lectio Divina. You know, all, all of these acts of piety, of course, are going to open the door for that wind of the Holy Spirit to blow in. And then when that happens, he has a way of moving us far ahead. It's, uh, you know, the image that's often used of the path of holiness is like a ship. The virtues are like oars. We can use them whenever we want to. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are like sails. We can only, they're only going to catch the wind when the wind is blowing. But we keep moving ahead with the oars and we keep positioning ourselves in order to catch the wind most effectively. And, and that's how we can position ourselves to receive the gift of piety. And then uh, in, in when that happens, it really moves us forward and especially perfects the virtue of religion. So um, we find ourselves making, for example, a significant religious exercise when we go to church a bit early and we kneel there for an extra 10 or 15 minutes, we expand our capacity to receive and be moved through the gift of piety. Uh, when we stay a little longer after mass, when we fold our hands, when we hold our attention, when we focus our gaze, when we uh, reflect on the, on the readings and the mysteries, when we try to use our imagination to see the angels and saints with us, all of these things are, are opening the door for God to uh, move through that gift of piety and, and really make a significant difference in our lives. So don't be afraid to act pious, uh, not to show off. And in fact, one of the benefits of the fact that it's a bit pejorative today is the fact that it doesn't get us much in the world. So we can't use spiritual things for worldly gain because the people in the world don't really care about people acting pious. And so it's really an act of faith to do that. So act a little bit pious. Don't be afraid to let your religion be seen without flaunting it in people's faces. Um, don't be afraid. Don't cover everything up and just be who you are in the midst of uh, work and family and friends and, and in the midst of the world. We can, we can act in a pious way and that will really open our hearts for that movement of the Holy Spirit. And in terms of a specific example you gave there being prayer, I think that one of the things that you can tangibly see as far as a benefit, as far as opening ourselves up to being for the better channel of piety, is that in prayer, whether this is conscious, highly happened or not, it inevitably happens, is that you end up kind of realigning uh, your particular importance of priorities for a given moment. 
uh, almost the way that a technical computer would defrag itself. You get rid of kind of the stuff that doesn't matter and your life will realign. And I've noticed that from a lot of different elements, but you can see the people who sit down and consciously enter into a prayerful state, um, whether it be a, a silent prayer where they're clearing their mind and just thinking, or whether it be a more organized active prayer like the rosary or the mass, you can see the same effect regardless in that you're able to focus upon things that maybe it's not exactly what you thought you'd get to, but your mind just has this ability of bringing priority and, and sometimes you'll get a solution and sometimes it won't, but regardless, you'll get a piece from it. And, and ultimately that piece has benefits for the rest of your life. That's essentially indescribable as far as the way that it will deal with your relations with other people. You know, we all can see someone around us in our life who's overly anxious or overly negative or take any of those types of examples and what you find is in yourself, the more you enter into regular and consistent prayer, the more you're going to see those types of negatives start to dissipate out of your life. Uh, it's it's hard to describe why that happens. I'm sure there's many classes about prayer that can articulate that. I mean, you wrote a book on it. so But that has been my, my feelings and learnings, uh, particularly in my adult life. And I think that that is something that as we move forward in this conversation of piety, looking at the tangible realities of the, the world we live in, for some reason there's a disconnect that a healthy percentage of, of all religions, but in this case Catholics, don't fully make that transition from learning about the faith in adolescence and childhood and converting it into adulthood. And you see these types of elements building up in life. Anxiety, uh, depression, unknowing of where you're going to uh, to be able to direct your thoughts and attention. And I'm not going to say that just starting a regular prayer routine is going to make you undepressed. But I am going to say it's going to help. Um, and there's just a, a simple fact of that. And the notion that Doing that is going to use your analogy to open up that tunnel and make it wider so that more gift of the Holy Spirit of piety can come through it. That is a little bit of responsibility on us to create a better tunnel, to, to have uh, consistent wiring that's not going to burn the house down, um, to, to use that example. So I'd like to just give that as an invitation for everyone out there to just think about ways that you can become more engaged in prayer and oftentimes just thinking about it you'll kind of just start doing it whether you realize it or not so with that being said i don't want to uh to go on the the whole end of this cast here especially talking to a person who wrote the book on prayer literally um, i would like to let you get the chance to do the last word on that and give us a chance to continue this week on and think about how we can make that tunnel a little bit wider to make us open to piety well, I like that image, Joe, of making the tunnel wider. That's uh, you, you captured very concisely what I was sort of stumbling around trying to say. So thanks 
for doing that. We can make the tunnel wider. We can't force God to move through it, but we can certainly make the tunnel wider. And uh, and you you said it very well. I mean, our our prayer lives uh, do have a even at a psychological level, there's a decluttering that happens in taking time for prayer and certainly uh, opening our hearts to the Lord and and growing in love for Him. You know, prayer is about a relationship with God and relationships grow through time and through commitment, through self-sacrifice and availability. And so taking the time to uh, be with God and grow in our relationship with God expands really all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it makes us more available for God's work in every area of our life, just like any other relationship. You know, my my relationship with, with you, Joe, that's grown over time has made me more available to whatever topics you want to discuss in our podcast but would also make me more available to other things that you might be able to offer. If you told me a particular house is the way to go or a particular renovation is the one to do, I'm going to, I'm going to follow that almost without questioning because, um, you know, our relationship is such that I really trust you. And, and that's how it works with the Lord too. When he moves in our lives, if we have a deep relationship with him and we really trust him, then we'll respond to that without hesitating. And that's what really moves us ahead in the path of holiness. And as you think about it in terms of, of relationships and, and having them growing, you know, keeping in the, the mortal plane here as, as the example is, you know, whenever you're with someone and you invite them out, you grow just by spending more time with them. You know, we all have the option to, uh, to sit around and not invite anyone or not do anything. And you think about, you only get this particular moment once and you can only spend it in one way doing whatever you're doing and that's one of the laws of physics but what we we know is when you open yourself up to spend time with other people it creates a bond and the other thing you know that makes not like there's one thing but one of the many things that makes god different than any other person around you is that anytime that you call out and if you will invite God over to your house, he's going to come regardless of the time or the, the expectation or whatever, he will be willing to come. And you might have a parent who just says it's too late, I'm too tired or it's too far away. You never get that any type of letdown whenever you're willing to, to, to let God into your life. So with that being said, I think that that pretty much captures piety um, as far as, as the conversation that we were having here today. And we hope that everyone here enjoyed this episode. We do thank you guys for being with us. Uh, August was our greatest month that we've ever had in the history of the podcast, and it wasn't even close. So we certainly thank everyone for being with us, continuing to stay with us, and continuing to tell friends around us. So we will be with you here next week, and we will go from there. <laughs>